Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. Today, Pastor CJ is continuing his message on 2020 Vision. We want to be a church that is moving forward into greater and newer areas for God. In the year 2020, let's touch hearts and souls and grow the church. Are you ready to allow God to use you to increase His kingdom? We hope you enjoy this message. Let's jump right into it. I know that I know that I know uh, when I type this, and I can't help it, whenever I start writing, it just comes out of me, and it just pours out of me, and I know that I know that I know that I'm not going to get through all this because of the fact this is too much to preach, but I wanted to put it on pen so that you can look at it, and you can study it, you can watch over where we're going as a church, but as we've been talking about the last couple weeks about 2020 vision, seeing correctly the direction, the plan, the purpose that God has for church. How many of you know that uh, vision gives you a plan of attack? It gives you direction. It gives you something to aim for. It gives you an opportunity to set goals. It helps you measure where you're at every day, every year. They always say, what is your three-year, five-year, ten-year plan? Well, this is part of our three-year because we're going on three years that Cheryl and I have been here. And once we get through the th- uh, three years, then we're going to start focusing on the five years. But what is our plan? As we talked about last week in Design your notes, three parts to a vision. Kind of we touched on last week, define the problem, define the problem or the issue. Why is there such a need for that? The second one was determine the solution of your vision. What is the solution? How are we going to get from point A to point B? What is the solution to that? And then why now is it time to act? How many know that now is the time to act? I don't know about you, but I don't like procrastination. People always say, Pastor, you don't like getting grass under your feet. You're right. I always want to keep moving. Because if you stay in one place, you become stagnant, you become stale, you become stinky. But a vision propels you and keeps moving you forward. And the Bible says, if any man is thirsty, let him come to him, and streams of living water will flow from within you. Jesus is not, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But here's the great thing about the Lord. He gets sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. So what God wants us to do, he wants us to keep progressing, not only in the things of God, but progressing here on planet earth doing the work of the Lord. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be in a rut. I don't want to be a pastor that's stuck there. I want to be a pastor that is progressive, not progressive assurance because of the accidents that we get into, but progressive in the things that God calls us to do. Amen? But in Joshua chapter 1, we touched on this verse last week, but it's very important to go back to that. The people are talking to Joshua, and I spoke a sermon some time ago that brought back to remembrance as I was writing this uh, on Thursday, Moses is dead and Joshua's alive. And that's what was happening here. Moses was dead and now Joshua is alive. And Joshua was taking on the baton of Moses to go forward into the things that God wants to do. How many of you know that, you know, Pastor Andy was here for 20-some years, did a great job. I thank God for Pastor Andy. He was a great friend of mine. But now, I'm, t- I'm here now, and God has passed on the baton to me, like Moses to Joshua, to now lead the church into another level. All right? How many of you know that different levels or more levels bring more devils? All right? Amen? But he says this. He said, then they answered Joshua, whatever you have commanded us, we will do. And whatever you send us, we will go. So in other words, Joshua was the vision carrier. He was the vision carrier, and he was the guidance. He was the compass. He was the eyes for the people. 
And he was the one that God spoke to. If you remember last week, we talked about Amos, how God spoke to the servant and to the servant. God used him and directed him, the servant to lead the people. But then he goes on to say, then they answered, now watch this. They said, just as we fully obeyed Moses, Moses is dead. He said, so we will obey you. Joshua is alive, so we will obey the things of you. How many know it's better to obey than to sacrifice? I love reading Deuteronomy 28. It talks about all the blessings that come with obedience. Obedience brings blessings. Curses come by disobedience. I don't want to be being cursed because of my disobedience, but I want to walk in obedience. To obey is better than the sacrifice. So then he goes on to say, he said, only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. And I always say this, the pastor who isn't praying is plain. And the people who are not praying are strained. So it's my responsibility as your pastor that I'm in the presence of the Lord getting the orders from headquarters that, God, you speak to me, and as you speak to me, I can speak to my staff, I can speak to my board, then I can speak to our congregation, that, God, you will lead me. And as you lead me, God, I will follow, and hopefully there will be others that will follow me. They always say that you can tell a great leader. You can tell a great leader by who follows him, who follows them. That's a great leader, one that has a direction, has a plan, has a purpose. And so my orders from headquarters that, Lord, you formulate this in my heart. Help me to be able to walk it out, the things that you have for me, for my wife, for my kids, and then for the church. You see, if that's the priority. What is God saying to you? As an individual, what is God saying to you as your family? And then what is God saying to you as a part of the family of God, to the church? What is he saying to you? Just because you're an individual, we still, just because when we come together, we're the church, we're the body. The Bible says you can't say to the hand or to the foot, I don't need you. We need one another. So what is God saying to you? And what is God wanting you to do in the family of God, in the body of Christ? We all have our parts. We all have our place doing the work or the vision of what God lays out for us to do. Then he goes on to say, he said, only be with these. Whoever rebels against, now this is, this is serious. This is not me. Thank God it's not me, right? He says, whoever rebels against your word and does not obey it, whatever you may command them will be put to death. Ooh. Thank you, Jesus. Don't smite me now, right? Only be strong and courageous. So in other words, there is a severity about not falling and keeping in step and in line with God. Because God knew that there was strength in numbers. If you ever studied about the Tower of Babel, why did they all of a sudden divide the divisions and all the things that happened? Because everybody had their own opinion, their own thoughts, and their own direction that it brought what? Confusion in the camp. It brought bickering in the camp. It brought all the fighting in the camp. So all of a sudden, what did God do? He began to divide them up. And when we are at singleness of purpose and one mind as a body and as a church, there's no limit to what we can do for the glory of God. I remember when I was a kid, how many of you ever done this before? We've taken out magnifying glasses. You ever take a magnifying glass? And take a magnifying glass and hit the sun just right. 
And I'll never forget this one particular time. My friends and I, Randy Kleppen and Joy Kleppen, we, we, we took this beetle, and we killed this beetle, and we didn't squish him, but we killed him, right? And so then we took this magnifying glass, and we let the beam of that sun hit the magnifying glass right on that beetle. And before you knew it, the strength from the sun hitting the magnifying glass, guess what it did? It began, to, and I hate to say it, but it's true, it began to fry that beetle. My wife said, thank you, Jesus. That wasn't an accident. That was a God thing, right? But, but it was singleness of purpose, and there was power in that one singleness of purpose. You see, what happens when the church comes together, there's no limit to what we can do for the glory of God. When we're all marching together and all in one accord and all in one ranks and not having all our opinions and this and that and the other thing, because that brings division and separation, but there's strength in numbers. Somebody say amen. amen. You see, I love this. A vision is playing offense instead of defense. I don't know about you, but I'm an offensive-minded person. When I played college ball, when I played high school, junior high, a lot of times my teammates would call me a ball hog. I said, you call me a ball hog all you want. I'm going to score because there's fun in scoring. We have some guys on our team now at Siren. All they're concerned about is getting their name in the paper. They just want to see that their name is in the paper, that they score two, three, maybe 20 points. They're so concerned about that. But there's something about offense, scoring, when the, when the Packers score today. Amen. I know what you're going to do, right? I know what you're going to do. You're going to jump through the TV. You're going to be all excited. You're going to wave your pom-poms. Hey, we did it, right? Because there's something about scoring. It's the same way with the church. When we see landmarks, when we see things that God does in the church, guess what it does? We all get to participate because every landmark, everything that we do for the glory of God, there's a time to celebrate because we made a breakthrough and God brought us to more of the promised land of where he wants to lead us here at Adventure Church. You can never score or move forward if you are always playing defense. If you ever hear on the games that, man, they always say that the defense is tiring. They've been on the field too long. How many of you know that, man, when you're on the field always playing defense too long? You know what defense is like? Defense is like you and I always walking under stress, always walking under pressure, always looking under this bush and that bush, waiting for the next attack to happen to us. I'm here to tell you today, I'm not waiting for the next attack to happen to me. I'm going to go after that attack that's coming against me. You see, what happens is so many times we're all stressed out. Man, we're playing defense, and we're trying to protect ourselves from each day. We're trying to defend off the fiery darts when God says, listen, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. It's about time that the church of Jesus Christ rises up and comes out of their slumber of playing defense and say, no, it's time for me to score. Come on. It's time to score. And when we score, guess what? We all celebrate together. Because we did it together. A vision allows you to play offense and move forward with greener and newer areas for God. How many of you know that's true? Newer and greener. I don't know about you, but I don't want to stay where I'm at. I don't want to stay. I wish. How many of you? Now, come on. Let's not be modest or biased or shy. How many of you wish you still had the body you had in junior high? Oh, boy. But guess what? 
You changed. Just check out your fruit of the loom waistband. I bet it went from 30 to 42, right? You've changed. That's what life is all about. Life is about changing and adapting to change and making things happen in your life. The reason why sometimes we get bored is because we're unwilling to change. But vision helps you change. Vision helps you to see new things and greener pastures and greater things to happen in your life. I always hear people say to me, Pastor, I never win at anything. Pastor, this always happens to me. Well, you ever heard that commercial? You asked for it, you got it. Toyota. Right? And that's what happens a lot of times in our lives. We already shut off the victory. We already shut the door to any chance of miracles happening in your life because your stinking thinking has ruined your victory. Your stinking thinking has kept you prisoned from the greater things that God has for you. What vision does, it's the key that unlocks the imprisonment of your mind because that's where it all starts. Everything starts with a thought that turns into a seed. Seed turns into a tree. And from the tree, it produces the fruit, whether good or bad. And so what happens is you got to get away from that. In Nehemiah, I love the book of Nehemiah. I'll tell you, I read Nehemiah, man, probably, no kidding, probably two or three times a year just intentionally for me. And the reason why I need read Nehemiah, Nehemiah, really, the book of Nehemiah, is not all this, man, Jeff, about inspiring you and all this kind of stuff, man, God loves you. And it's not all the mushy stuff like you're reading Psalms about David, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You know what Nehemiah is about? Nehemiah is a book that challenges you, inspires you, and encourages you to go for it. Nehemiah is, man, a book where it says God can instead of God can't. That's why I love reading Nehemiah. In my eyes, Nehemiah is a hero. He took a step of faith. And how do you know that you will never find out if you don't step out? You can never find out if you don't step out. You got to step in to step uh, find out. And so you got to step out to find out what God has in store for you. And Nehemiah found out what God had in store for him. You will never know what God can do if you don't activate your faith by stepping out to find out what God can do in your life. And Nehemiah here was a great man of God, but he stepped out to find out what God can do in his life and how God could use him. In Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 17, I love this verse. Then I said to them, now, this is Nehemiah talking, and you can read the whole chapter. It's talking about the walls and the, uh, the gates that were burnt and destroyed. But here's what Nehemiah saw. Nehemiah stepped out to find out what God can do. You could never know what God wants to do in your life if you're always me, myself, and I. If you're always in your comfort zone. If you're always safe and secure from all alarms. You will never know what your faith is like if you don't step out. And Nehemiah says, then I said to them, you see the trouble we have in Jerusalem? Lies in ruins. What's he talking about? The walls that brought protection? He said, lies in ruins, and the gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem, and we will no longer be a disgrace. So in other words, Nehemiah was stepping out to find out how God could use him to help restore the walls. Man, you know they say in Acts 20, verse 21, it's better to give than it is to receive. When sometimes what that means is, God, 
I'm going to not only just give my resources, because that's the easy thing, but God, I'm going to give my talents, my ability, my mind, my thoughts. I'm going to give, Lord God, to the cause of the kingdom of God, because, man, my hand can help lift that mortar. That My hand can help drive that nail. You see, it's all doing our part for the glory of God. And I love what Nehemiah says. First of all, if you look at it, what's the problem? The problem of the vision. To find the problem, you have it on your thing. To find the problem, its gates have been burned. The gates have been burned. You see, every vision, there must be a reason or a problem of why you are doing something. And what was the reason that Nehemiah was doing something? The gates or the security of the people of Jerusalem was burnt, and now they were like fighting naked. They were totally exposed. They had no uh, compass around them. They had no barricades to help them fight off the enemy. And Nehemiah saw the need or the cause of the vision that I need to do my part to help out the family of God, to help out Jerusalem, to bring protection back to these people. You see, that's what Nehemiah did. You see, listen, the problem or vision is that people need more of Jesus than ever before. You see, that's what we're all about. We need to be a church that's concerned for the harvest. And I'm not talking about the corn or the wheats or the soybeans or whatever that farmers grow. I'm talking about the harvest of souls that are dying on the vine. But the Bible says many have been called, but few have been chosen. God is calling all of us, but a lot of people haven't been chosen because we're not doing our part, doing the work that God wants us to do. You see, the vision, first and foremost, for Adventure Church is that we must be a church that harvests the lost, that we must see the need for the hurting, the sick, the afflicted. We got to take our eyes off self and get our eyes on the field. We must take our eyes off my needs and look at their needs. I've always find this to be true. Whenever I'm going through a problem, guess what I do? I intentionally, seriously, I want you to hear this. I intentionally, whenever I'm going through a problem, I intentionally go and find some other people's needs. Because when I find out other people's needs, I realize, man, my needs are nothing compared to theirs. And I walk away feeling like, man, I'm a conqueror. Here I thought I had it so bad. But after all, I don't because they have it worse than I do. You see, sometimes what happens, we have these pity parties. And how many of you know our pity parties are like the peanut gallery? They all start chirping. You're right. I agree. Amen. Yes. And you know what? Those voices always put you down. And I always say that wrong voices make wrong choices. And your peanut gallery is telling you, man, look at you. Look at you. You're in this worse shape. You're this. You're that. And you're starting to agree with it. But God said, listen, get your eyes off yourself and get your eyes on the field. I love this. Listen, we as a church must become harvest-minded instead of me-minded. How many of you know that's true? I love what Jesus, this is Jesus in Matthew chapter 9, verses 12 through 13, and I, I love it when it's read because then I know it's right from him, right? And he says this, on hearing this, Jesus said, is it not the healthy who need a doctor? But the sick, what is he saying? The healthy is you and I. You and I have a relationship with Christ. You and I have made amend with him. The bridge has been repaired between you and I with Jesus. It's been repaired because of Jesus. We can go to God. 
We have total access. The veil has been rent in two. Someone introduced you to Christ, and because of that, now you, any man being Christ, he's a new creation. The old things have passed away, and all things have become new. You're new in Christ. I'll tell you, when I accepted Jesus, it was so cool. I was remodeled, amen? I'll tell you, Bob, and he's here, Bob and Pat. Bob works on cars and all these things. You know, I, my brother is a, a is a model T collector. He's got a man, Chevelle, and he used to have 16, 16 old cars. You should have seen. But he would repair them, and he would put all the bondle on them and fix them. And, man, when he'd pick them up at some places, my wife and I, we thought, Rick, you're crazy. And he was living in right downtown Minneapolis, working at Augustana Nursing Home. And he lived in this apartment. And great things, man, about the apartment, it had a big parking lot. Because he would take all these old antique cars and fill up the parking lot. And it looked like, a, I kid you not, it looked like the car junkyard. But, man, my brother would get on that. And he'd start remodeling those cars and refurbishing those cars. And before you know it, man, my brother was selling those cars, making all kinds of money. He said, hey, let me get on this gig. The point is, Jesus remodeled you. And do you remember the day when you got remodeled, when you got refurbished, when they put new bucket seats on you, when they put new uh, white wall, gangster white walls on you, when they started to shine you up and buff you out, you felt good. The world is missing that. And it's not the healthy that need the doctor, but it's the sick. And Jesus goes on to say, but go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have come to call the righteous, but the sinners. Guess what? How many of you have your phones on you right now? Mine's in my pocket. How many of you got it on vibrate right now? And it probably vibrated on your leg. And you're like, ooh, somebody's trying to call me. And you checked out your texts and you checked out your emails since I've been speaking. The point is, you've already received the call. But there's others that haven't received the call. And they're waiting for their call. And the only way they're going to receive the call is by you picking up the line. And saying, God, I will go, I will do, I will become a part of your hands and feet extended. And I will deliver the call for you, God. So that they could be refurbished and renewed just like I was. The thrill. You see, listen, we as a church must not become complacent and content with where we are. I look back and August 5th of this year will be our three-year anniversary. In two and a half years, we've grown over 300 people, obviously. Can't tell the day because all of them are gone, but over 300 people in two and a half years. Our highest attendance was 621 people. Think about that, guys. Why? It's because God has called us to answer his voice. And not only to answer his voice, but to do his work. You see, listen, we should never become complacent and satisfied where we're at. I love this. We can never say we have grown enough as a church because that means heaven is full. You see, whenever we get to a place where I'm satisfied, we got it all together. Man, we're doing this and we're doing, you know what? Bah humbug. It's not a time to become satisfied or complacent. 
It's a time to say, God, I'm going to do it more. I'm going to do my part. You see, that's why Daniel says that those that win souls will shine like the stars forevermore. God's desire is that we win souls for him, that we be his hands and his feet extended. I love this one. We as a church, we are not a church concerned about numbers, but a church that is concerned about souls. That's what it's all about. Touching hearts and souls will automatically grow the church and bring in the numbers. How many know that's true? If you look at the book of Acts, because they were touching hearts, man, and, and, and telling people about Jesus, the church was added to 3,000, 5,000 people daily. I said to you all the time, I believe that Adventure Church is walking in the book of Acts experience right now. I firmly believe that, that this is you and I, that we are walking in the book of Acts experience, that God said, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon you. I'm going to give you power that you can go into Jerusalem, Judea, and all Samaria, and all the other parts of the world, that God has given this church the opportunity to walk in the power of his spirit, to see hearts and lives change for him. And as we do, then we're going to see people come to him. If you love God, now get this, if you love God, you can't help but love people. Now come on, somebody say amen. amen. Jesus, after all, he loved you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, amen. If you love God, you can't help but love people. Because that's what all this is all about. That Jesus, man, gave his life for you and I. Why? For God. For God so loved the world. That's you and I and the ones that are lost. He so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. You see, that's what it's all about. Jesus is in the business of multiplication and addition with his church in your life and with others. Addition and multiplication is a sign of life and growth of the church. A sign of life and growth of the church. Do you know that my son is on a committee? My son, CJ, is on a committee. And his church and other churches are coming together. And they're revitalizing churches. True statistic. Do you know that over 80 churches a day, a day, are closing? 80 churches a day are closing. Why? Because there's no sign of growth. There's no sign of life. There's no sign of revitalization. There's been a complacency. There's been a contentment in the body of Christ. And it's never a place in mine or my wife's heart to sit back and say, no, I see the need, Lord. We have to have 3D glasses that every time I see someone without Christ, I have 3D glasses. And you know what it is? Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And they're going to get it. That God, give me the double dose of the Holy Ghost. That man, when I see someone without Jesus, I'm going to have 3D glasses on, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. That they're going to get a double dose of the Holy Ghost. Through me, you're the messenger. You're the pigeon. Send the message. You see, listen, our vision is that we as a church are concerned more about them than me. Concerned about them. Nothing can happen if we as a church don't do our part in the kingdom. The kingdom is built by one another. We need each other. We need each other. Now get this. And the world needs us. We need each other. I love this. Let the church 
that's not, let's be the church that's not happy with where we are, but where we are going. You see, real quickly, and I gotta, I gotta move on. Determine the solution. And I'm gonna throw some bullet points at you real quick. I see it's time to close here, but in Nehemiah 2.17 says, come, let us rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. The solution of the people was that Jerusalem's walls needed to be rebuilt. So you say, Pastor, uh, where are we going over these next year, over 2020? I want you to hear this now, and you have this on your sheet, and stick it on your refrigerator to be a reminder, as Habakkuk says, to write it down and make it plain. So you understand that you got your syllabus, you got your playbook, you know where we're going as a church. Number one, the solution or vision for Adventure Church. Number one, this year, this year we will concentrate on a new building. Trust me when I say that. We are working behind the scenes right now. We will let you know where we're at. Some big things are going to be coming up. Let me just tell you that. Some big things are happening, transpiring right now as we're talking. We are going to be going to the bank, and we're going to be doing some things uh, that you guys will be well and made aware of. Uh, we're not just sitting back being dormant. I'm going to tell you, I thank God for our board and what they're doing and how they're, we're putting things together. Wait till you see what God is doing. It's nothing that we have done again. It's an opportunity that came to us again. And so we're looking at things. We worked with an architect. They gave us a price of a building to build in the back of the church where we're at right now. And all of a sudden, some other things came up. And we will keep you apprised of that. You will hear in the forefront all this year about moving forward to the building. Somebody say amen. Amen. I'm moving quickly. Number two, we must be a church that reaches out to each other and to our community. Reaching out to each other and to our community. You know, Diana Ross sang a song, reach out and touch somebody's hand. Make this world a better place if you can. Not just me or Pastor Andrew or Pastor Cheryl or Pastor Katie or Pastor Carolyn, but all of us that reach out and touch someone's hand and make this world a better place. If you can, you need to put someone on your hit list and make it a priority that I'm going to, man, man, touch this person. I'm going to play tag, you're it. Because listen, I've always played that in the ministry. Tag, you're it. Once I touch you and minister, now it's their turn to come back and get me. you got to tag somebody. Another one is this. We must be a church that everybody is doing their part in the body of Christ. You see, listen, they say that 80% of the people don't do anything, but 20% of the church do it all. Many hands make light work. And when two or three are gathered, there he is in the midst of us. Can you imagine when we all come together, what powerful force it could be? I remember when I was a kid, man, when my third father came into our, our existence, he kind of promoted us in our lives. I, my second father, as you, my first father, as you know, left us in the middle of the ghetto and went off and played with Johnny Cash and did all what he did. And then my second father was thrown in Walpon Penitentiary. And so then my third father moved us out of the ghetto onto Roslyn Avenue. I'll never forget this, Roslyn Avenue. Man, we thought we were like the Joneses or, or Wheezy and, and moving on up, right? We thought we were moving on up because you know why? We had a ranch-style house. It wasn't a big old house, but it was a ranch-style house. But here's the great thing about it. We thought we were special. We had an in-ground uh, 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 in, in pool. 
above ground, half a half, half above. It was seven and a half feet deep. But anyways, it was cool thing was that it was circle. And I'll never forget, man, when I go in the pool, I, I try to go fast as I can to make the current, you know, go, and then, then go against it. But it was weak with just me. But when I have all my friends over, man, Blaze and Dickie Latchett and Johnny Contelli and all these guys, man, we'd get in there and we start doing this pool and make it go. And then once we get the current going, guess what we try to do? Go against it. And the force of the current kept pushing us backwards. But the point was, is that when I tried to do it myself in the pool, it didn't happen. But when I had all my friends, all my friends, my friends working together, man, it was a force. Can you imagine what we could do for the glory of God in a town of 806 people? We could take it over for Jesus. Somebody say amen. amen. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the village people, YMCA, the village people saying, something's happening here in Siren, in Grantsburg, in Webster, in, in Frederick, and in, in, in even Turtle Hurdle, amen, and Spooner, and whatever else. Man, can you imagine? Man, that adventure church is doing something crazy. You know what we're doing? We're winning souls, touching hearts for Jesus. I want my, my tombstone to read when I die. Whenever that day is, it can come like a twinkling of an eye. But I already told my wife, I already know the songs I'm going to sing. This is my story. This is my song. I'm praising my Savior all the day long. And I told my wife, honey, you put on my tombstone when I die that he fought the fight. He kept the faith, and he finished the race. You see, whoever said once we cross over that starting line, we take that first step that the race is over, that's the beginning of the race. And we all got something to do for God. I got to move on quickly. We must be a church that fills needs, fills needs, not wishes and wants, fills needs within our community and church. We've got to find, find the need and fill it. Find the need and fill it. Let me just say this to you. I put a challenge out to you. I don't know the communities that you live in, but you do. And if you know there's a need in there that we as a church can fill, let's do it. Let's do it. Man, lead the charge. Lead the way. Let's find the need and fill it. Another one, and I love this. We must start small groups to help enhance different communities. Guys, listen, I tried to kick this off two years ago. We need to get this going. Here at your pastor, it's a serious thing. We need you to open your houses up. I know some of you don't want to. I know this, that, and the other thing. But listen, man, we need to be able to facilitate small groups. That's how we can still stay small. That's how we can still stay together. I need people to rise up and say, Pastor, I want to do that. Man, I want to encourage you this Wednesday, if you haven't been on Wednesday nights, we're doing This Is My Story. Last week we had, man, the, the, the Celebrate Recovery share their testimonies. Through the next few weeks, we're having people share testimonies of who they are. And it's real casual, and I want to encourage you to come this Wednesday night, family night. It's going to be great. We must see the need for our children's area and youth area. You're going to see me. We, I, I want to hear you. Please hear your pastor. 
I need people to rise up and help Pastor Katie and Tamara in our children's area. Man, it's so cool to help out kids. I remember when I was a children's pastor. I'll never forget it. And this little girl, Carla, man, she was in the back of the line. And every Sunday, I'd get down on my hands and knees, I promise you. I'd get down on my hands and knees, and I'd pray just like that. And those little kids would be in the line, a singular line. And little Carla was probably 10 people back or 10 kids back. And she's bawling her eyes out. She's crying like crazy. And I couldn't wait to get to Carla. So I said, amen over that person. Amen over that person. Made it quick and short, right? Because I wanted to get to Carla. Carla came to me, and she's crying. And I said, Carla, what's wrong? And it was a real, genuine hurt. I said, Carla, what's wrong? She said, Pastor CJ, somebody ran over my frog. (laughs) And you know, it blessed my heart. Listen, man, our youth group, Caleb, man, our youth group, man, it's so fun to watch every Wednesday. They're tearing it up for Jesus. Man, last week, Sunday, our, 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 our ladies thing that Katie's doing, if you saw on Facebook, man, I wanted to come over there and get one of those masks put on my face, amen? I need some help, amen? Someone help me, help me, please, right? We need to get in with our kids. Lastly is this. We will be a church that nothing we do has a purpose. That, 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 that nothing we do does, has a purpose and not just activities. We've got to have a plan of action. And over these next few months, man, we're going to fine-tune these things. You see, listen, ministry always evolves. And ministry evolves by the circumstances or the needs or the pressures or the concerns within the community. I can throw out all these things, and I don't want to limit God and maybe yours not on there, what you want to see. If you want to see something happen, let's do it. You see, this is not my church. It's your church. Let me ask you a question. Has any of you ever been in a choir before? Come on. Any of you been in a choir before? Let me ask you a question. Those are in a choir. Do you, does the conductor, when the conductor is doing his thing to the choir, is he singing? Lisa, he's not singing, is he? Who's doing the singing? Guess what I am? I'm the conductor. But you're making this beautiful sound. He points to the altos. He points to the sopranos. He points to the basses. But never once is the conductor singing. The one who sing is you. You make the choir. You make the sound. And when you make the sound angels in heaven are rejoicing. I want to encourage you, encourage you. Let's be a part of the church. Why act now? Because it's time to act. I got to just, I I, want to just slip this in there. Deb, real quick, go to James 2, verse 17. I did not know that that clip was going to be on there and what my wife was going to speak about. I wrote mine Thursday. I just found out about this clip today. But in James, look at what it says. In the same way, Faith by itself, you can have all the faith in the world. Now, not to be funny, but how many remember Amy Grant? I know I'm dating myself. There's no expiration with God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. But how many remember the song, You're Just a Fat Little Baby? I'm not being funny. What she was implying was, you're taking it all in. You're taking it all in. 
all the faith, all his miracles, all his power, all his spirit. Eventually, you're going to be like a balloon that's finally going to pop. You see, God can't pour new if you're not getting rid of the old. God, you give out, God pours in. You give out, God pours in. Your faith gets generated or ignited by giving out. But now watch what he says. If it is not accomplished or accompanied, accompanied by action, is dead. If you have your notes, the reason why churches become dead is because they don't practice or act out their faith. Faith is an action word that moves from within the heart of man that says, now is the time. Now is the time. God desires a church that is faith-based church with water walking action. I'm going to walk on water. I close. Some time ago when I was pastoring in Colorado, we had Rodney Howard Brown come to our church. And I'll never forget Rodney Howard Brown. One of the things I remember about Rodney Howard Brown was a little song that he, that he taught us, that he taught us, his little song. And it goes like this. I'm going to walk on the water with me. Come on and walk on the water with me. You will be free, glorious free. Come on and walk on the water with me. Come on and walk on the water with me you will be free glorious free in other words what he's implying take that step of faith people listen Jesus can come in the twinkling of an eye and that could be today that could be in the middle of the Packer game you never know my challenge to you who do you know that needs to come to church? Who do you need know that needs to become to a life support? The life support is the church. And if you know them and you know their need, then why aren't we doing our part? I understand that we're kind of empty today because of the weather. That's been happening in the last five weeks. I get that. But then let's replace these empty seats with someone new so when our other people come back, There'll be more, no more seats because we're doing our part. Amen? The first step is why we act now. Are you ready? The second step is why we act now is to make others ready. The third step of why we act now is that Jesus will find his church doing his work. Will you stand with me today? First time I went over in a long time, Pastor Andy. I did all right, all right. I know that they got to pack up and go ahead away. Guys, I, I just want to employ you. I really do. I want to challenge you from the bottom of my heart. I want to challenge you at your workplace, in the grocery store. You should have seen it at the grocery store right over here at Four Winds. Man, every time we go in there, there's a lady in there with blonde hair, glasses. We make it a point every time we go there to go to her register. And every time we go there, you know, she says, how is Adventure Church doing? Oh, let me tell you. And boy, good thing she's got customers behind her because I'll be standing up telling her all about her. Listen, you got to become Terry, God-centered, God-harvest-minded. And if we lose that as a church 
and in our society where it's going right now, Lord, help us. The only way if you help us, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways, he said, then what? I will heal their land. Let's be that church. Let's lead the charge. Let's lead the charge. I want you to lift your hands up now. I want to pray over you. Come on. I want to pray over you. Your hands are the spiritual antenna to touch God today. And I'm going to pray that God will just touch you right where you're at. Father, in the name of Jesus right now, I pray that, God, you will empower us to be the church that you're wanting us to be. As we're embarking in this new year in January, Father, to lead us into February, March, April, May, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you will empower us, that, Lord, that you will give us the strength and the ability, the wisdom and the guidance that only you can give us to govern this church and to touch the communities for you. It's not about numbers. It's not about building the church. It's about souls. And as we touch souls, the church is going to grow because upon this rock you will build your church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So, Father... Give us the ability, the wisdom, the strength. I pray in Jesus' name, bless your people. We thank you, Father, for this day you have made. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go out with worship. God bless you today. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Adventure Church. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, please consider supporting us. You can make an easy and safe donation on our website www.adventurechurchsiren.com slash give Thank you for your generous donation